Hey everybody, welcome to Dominant Ava After Dark. Um, I'm a little bit late on dropping this podcast this week and I do apologize to everybody. Um, Truth be told, I feel like I have so much to say in this podcast that it was actually a little bit overwhelming for me and um it's taken me a bit longer to put together my thoughts uh than it typically would um so here we go um we're going to talk about the wonderful art of bdsm today and uh what it encompasses we're going to get into um what to look for in a dominatrix and what it means to be a professional dom, and what it might look like to be a proper submissive. Um, And uh, we're not going to talk about one specific fetish today, because I find this, what I'm about to say, um, far more interesting and relevant on a big scope than talking about one specific fetish. Um, So yeah, we're going to cover, like I said, etiquette and uh, dynamics. Okay, so um, initially I would like to talk about, and I've touched on this before, but the fact that BDSM is quite mentally healthy. So what I do in one sentence, just a one sentence synopsis is I provide the emancipation from shame, the freedom from shame. And that's heavy stuff. Okay. So shame is a motherfucker. It's the thing that keeps you from saying, I love you first to somebody what happens if they don't say I love you back then mm, you might feel like a fool right shame is the thing that holds us back in so many areas of life including you know maybe quitting your job and starting your own business you know what if I fail what if I fall flat on my face what if people laugh Um, it's the thing that keeps us from making risks, taking risks. And the less of it that we have, the better. And so that being said, uh, I provide the antidote to shame. So when, let's use an analogy or metaphor, um, let's pretend, just look at your two palms of your hands and imagine in your left palm, there's a petri dish and we put shame in it. And we shout it in secrecy and don't talk about whatever it is and put it in the dark, bury it deep inside and it will fester and eat at you. Let's take that same shame um, and put it in our left palm in a Petri dish. And 
and let's talk about it to somebody that we trust. Shine a light on it. That dissolves it. That helps get rid of it. But uh, trust is earned. It's not given. So you can't talk about your shame with just anyone. You have to be careful about it. Because some people could use that against you. So I provide um, space for people to come to me and tell me their secrets and be vulnerable And that's no trivial thing. I feel honored that I get the opportunity to be able to be that safe space for people. For people to come to me and say things like, well, you know, for example, this is no particular thing, but um, just a wide just a just a general example um or more specific rather um i've had men come to me who've been married for 30 or 40 years or whatever and uh they have a secret they haven't told anyone and maybe that secret is i love wearing women's panties i love wearing women's lingerie and stockings or whatever have you and uh they tell me this and i say Great. Let's put you in a pair, you dirty little whore. And there's something so fun about that. It seems so maybe like trivial on its surface, but it's not. It's not at all. And so people leave me and they feel free. They feel lighter. They feel like they discovered a part of themselves that they maybe thought was there or maybe knew was there, but they discovered themselves in more depth. And it's my honor to provide that platform for people. It's really cool. Because as a professional dominatrix who's been experienced for eight years and in the world of BDSM and being a professional dom, um... What I do is 80% psychology, at least, at least. You see, pro-dom, it couldn't be good-looking or not. It doesn't really, ultimately, it's great to have a beautiful woman be dominant and be intelligent enough to be able to unravel you, um, especially if she's beautiful, but... At the end of the day, the aesthetic part about being a dominatrix is not everything. It's not everything. There's skill set involved. There's intelligence required. And so oftentimes when people come to me, um, I'll ask them, you know, new clients especially, uh, who have maybe never sessioned before, I'll ask them, what brings you to me today? And I'll oftentimes hear things like, well, you know, I broke up with my wife or my girlfriend or I lost my job or sometimes there's a life change within that person's life. And and so they book an appointment with me and they don't know it. 
it's very subconscious. But what they're trying to do is understand themselves better. They're trying to unravel themselves. They're trying to figure themselves out. And they're also trying to escape too. And so that's what we do. We figure out who you are, what makes you tick, the inner workings of your mind. And, uh, you know, when you're deep in a scene, and a scene is the terminology for, like, a session, you're not thinking about anything else besides what's going on right now. It's a type of meditation. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. So, let's see here. Let's look at my notes. So, yeah, that provides a connection, like a real connection. I really connect with my clients. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of us are lacking nowadays. And I've mentioned this in previous podcasts that social media has created the most disconnected, unsocialized environment. It's bizarre. Um, so yeah, being a pro dom um, has has helps me to tune into myself for sure and discover myself and help me lessen my shame by helping other people and connecting with other people and setting them free. And after a while, professional dominatrixes, they they sort of develop this like superpower. So oftentimes when I have somebody seated across from me, um, maybe they're not fully aware of like what they're into. Um, but at this point in my career, I'm able to look at somebody and sometimes figure them out better than they know themselves uh, in a lot of areas. So you, I develop like this sixth sense superpower. It happens with a lot of doms where you're really able to tune into people and, and maybe figure out, you know, what they would like, even though they don't know what they would like. And that's a really, really cool thing because we tap into our energies. I mean, we all are energy. Um, and we all operate on such a subconscious level. Um, that we're not even aware of. Like, why do we do certain things? Some of us don't know why we do certain things until it becomes conscious. Like, uh, there's certain maybe traits that you have um, or certain things that you do, and you're not too sure why you're doing them until that thing becomes conscious. And so it's it's pretty cool. Um, Let's say being a professional dom is also somewhat like being, well, it is. It's a renegade. It's a ter- certain type of prototype of woman that is a dominatrix. It's uh, more typical that she doesn't give a shit whether she is accepted by society. I mean, I really care a little less, I think. <laughs> about how society looks upon what I do. Um, I don't base my worth on acceptance the same way probably other women would because I accept myself. I feel good about myself. Of course I have days where I don't. Of course I do. 
Um, but for the most part, you know, other people's opinion of me is none of my business, really. And that goes for you too, all of you. Other people's opinion of you is none of your business. It should have no weighing on how you feel about yourself. I feel good about myself for the most part. And if you don't like me, that's okay. You can get in line. There's a long lineup. (laughs) So, you know, that's part of being a real dominatrix. You're sort of an outlier, right? And if, listen, if I don't accept myself and if I don't like myself or love myself, ultimately, what are you going to value in me? I have to feel damn good about myself to have you come and worship me. And I think that rings true. Well, I know that rings true. For anyone who's ever seen me in person, you know damn well I feel worthy of your worship. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I immensely enjoy setting people free. It's really, really cool. Um, and another really cool and ironic part about being in this little underground world is it has influences on aspects of society, uh, that are becoming more prevalent. Um, I see the undercurrents of this underground world, uh, coming to surface in a lot of ways. Even within the last, you know, four years since COVID hit, this huge sexual revolution that's happened with um, gay rights and trans rights and in the whole LGBTQ plus movement. Um, I think it's great. I think we're I think we're going through like an incredible sexual revolution um, that is imposing less shame on people. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, you see influence of the BDSM world on the runway even, um, as well, you know, there's, there's this huge fashion house called Balenciaga and, uh, whoever the designer or designers are there, they're very much implementing, um, and they have been latex and latex hoods and masks and, and, ponytails within the hoods and latex suits and gloves and dresses is gorgeous. They're in hot water right now, though, because they may have taken it a little bit too far. If you don't know what I'm talking about, they're, uh, they took things a little bit too far, putting kids on the runway with uh, latex on and, and um, teddy bears. So, um yeah, so there's that. But there is undercurrents of BDSM that are becoming more affluent within our culture, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, I want to circle back, though, to uh, what constitutes being a great dom and how the exterior isn't necessarily all that matters. Um, so being a dominatrix requires like a skill set. Um, not only, uh, as I previously mentioned, um, must a woman understand psychology uh, and understand how to, like I need to understand how to get into somebody's mind for sure 
see what makes them tick. And that's no trivial thing. I also need to be able to switch gears real quick. Like if something's not working in a scene, um, it's important that I recalibrate. So I very much encourage my submissives to speak up if they don't like something. I think that's really important because being a a submissive or dominant, uh, one of the benefits is it helps people cultivate better boundaries because if somebody can say no to me or say red or whatever safe word they want to use to me, that means that it's easier to say that to somebody in the outside world because I'm quite intimidating so I help create um, belief in oneself, you know, to set those boundaries. Something doesn't feel good, let's do something else. If I have exceeded your limit, let's dial it back. Let's do something else. You know, I've heard about uh, uh, other doms saying that if in a scene, if a sub says red, or whatever the safe word is, um, in a scene that they that uh, the session has gone too far and that the session is over, um, that to me was horrendous to hear because that should never be. That discourages somebody from stepping up and saying that they don't like something. I mean, that means that the submissive is too scared to say they don't like something, and that's not a good thing at all. I don't think that should ever happen. So aside from what I just mentioned, um, there needs to be knowledge on physiology. Where should a dominant um, apply pressure to a submissive? If I'm doing trampling on somebody and if I'm walking on them like they're a rug, (laughs) just a piece of meat underneath me, and I'm wearing high heels... I should know where to step on them and where I shouldn't. You know, stepping on the rib cage. No. (laughs) No. Uh, Obviously, or on the clavicle, or um, it it should be done on the stomach if somebody wants to be trampled that way. Um, Even without high heels, nowhere should a human be walked on that doesn't, you know, have a lot of padding. So if somebody, if I have a sub turned face down, the buttocks is a great place, but the lower back, upper back, not so good. Kidneys are very close to the surface, right? We don't want to hit those. And that applies for whipping or flogging or caning. There should be no implements that... Um, are, are to be hit, you know, on, on somebody's back, (laughs) um, upper back, great, lower back, no, (laughs) but great inner thighs is one of my favorites for sure. Um, there needs to be some knowledge on physiology for sure. So it takes rather intelligent woman to be a true dominatrix um so it's not just about beauty it shouldn't be so when you're choosing a dominatrix do not 
put all of uh, the credence. Don't place your decision on what a dom looks like aesthetically. Um, that should be something that I know you. I know you guys are very visual. Men are much more visual than women, <laughs> but that shouldn't be the be all and end all. Because let me tell you, there's doms out there. They don't know what they're doing, and they can hurt you in ways you did not sign up for. And that's not a good thing. You know, like kicking a hard dick. Probably not, unless the guy really signs up for it and wants it, which is super rare. But, mm, you know, applying a kick to a man in chastity. Really bad idea. An extraordinarily bad idea. Even just thinking about, even just talking about makes me cringe. Um, okay. So, let's see. Um, one of the benefits that do happen in session, and I've mentioned this in a previous podcast a while back, but you get like an endorphin rush, like a big like serotonin dump. And that goes for the dominatrix and the submissive usually. It's really cool. Like dopamine, serotonin, epinephrine, cortisol dump. And even just talking about it right now makes me really aroused. It's giving me goosebumps all over my body. It's such a cool feeling. Um, so it's also important as a dominatrix that... Um, when you are, when I'm beginning a session, that I ask my submissives, you know, if they have any medical conditions, uh, I need to know so that we can work around that. Uh, if there's, <laughs> you know, if there's somebody who has a pacemaker, maybe doing electrical play is not a good idea, right? Uh, if someone's claustrophobic, tying them up. No bueno. So it's really important to discuss what hard limits are, um, what medical conditions they have. Um, I also like to implement questions like, you know, what have you been fantasizing about or jerking off to? It helps me dial into them. Um, and so with submissives, this is like... By the way, this is kind of a general podcast, but this all this information is very much needed. I can't understate that. Um, so there's all different types of people who come to me, and let's talk about that. I see everyone. I've seen virgins who want to maintain their virginity by way of fetish. I've seen men that, are some of the most beautifully, like just most aesthetically beautiful men I've ever seen. Everybody comes to me with a different set of experiences and for different reasons um, with these beautiful men. Sometimes they, they're just tired of women throwing themselves at them. They want to feel rejected. And that's really exciting for them. Um... I see all different colors, races, you name it. And ultimately what everybody's trying to do is discover themselves more. 
they may not even be aware of it. So, um, let's see what else I'd like to talk about. I think that um, I've kind of hit a little bit of a stumbling block here. Um, I think that's a good place to end, actually. Right there. Um, That in essence... Oh, maybe let's talk about etiquette, actually. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, before we end. So etiquette. This is really important, you guys. When you contact a dominatrix, it's really important not to just say, hi. (laughs) Um, (coughs) So ultimately, there's a reason why you're contacting a dominatrix. And uh, that should not be for any escort reasons. (laughs) Dominatrixes work in the field of fetish. Fetish is not sex, okay? Um, so when you contact a dominatrix, it I find it to be pleasing when somebody approaches me and calls me by my name. Something like, hello, Miss Savage. I'd like to be your sub. Here are my fetishes, yada, yada, yada. And then also include the city if that you're you're calling from. Um, if you're outside of the area code that your dominatrix is located in. So, again, number one, indicate your fetishes. Number two, indicate your city of origin. That allows for me and for other doms to be able to reply to you in a way that is easy, really easy. Let's make it easy. Let's not make it hard. Okay. Present yourself like a submissive, like you want to serve. And um, then upon booking, if you should be so lucky to book and deposits are industry standard. So if you'd like to book with a dominatrix, a deposit is required with me. And most often, as in always, <laughs> required for any of the professional doms out there who are of my status level. Uh, if you're deposit apprehensive, there are ways, if you're deposit apprehensive because you don't want to give out your personal information, and by the way, your personal information is always kept safe, no one's going to put their livelihood. I'm not going to put my livelihood on the line. Um, yeah, everybody has to be kept, um, like everybody's safe. Everybody's safe. So, so deposits are required. Uh, there's ways to make deposits. Uh, for me, there's many ways. Um, some of them allow you to keep your anonymity, including OnlyFans or Amazon gift card, which I've don't accept very often at all, but um, cryptocurrency. But most people send me deposits within Canada through e-transfer, and that's by far. Most people do that, and that's the way I like to take deposits. Um, And then upon the booking, when you arrive, arrive 
looking your best self, right? Freshly showered. If you want to get pegged, an enema is required. An enema is something that you can find in any grocery or drugstore. And it cleans out your bottom nicely. Okay, so that's required if that's your fetish. And then when you arrive, put the cash in an envelope and present it to your mistress upon arrival without her asking. That's how to properly approach and present yourself and get ready to serve. So that's the etiquette. Um, This is all industry standard. I don't know any high-end dominatrixes who would think otherwise. And if any top dominatrixes who hear this have a different modality, well, feel free to let me know. I'm all ears. But as far as I know, this is the standard. So um, that being said, I think that this is a good place to stop. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to contact me. My um, email, everything's Domina Ava Savage. Um, website, dominaavasavage.com. Email, dominaavasavage at gmail.com. My new Instagram is dominaavasavage1, the number one. But yeah, my name's concurrent on Twitter, you name it. And uh, I don't answer my DMs or my messages on Twitter or on Instagram. It's just too much. I can't get at all of them. All right. I hope everybody's doing well out there. And if you have any um, ideas for future podcasts on specific fetishes you'd like to learn more about, let me know. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this. Bye.